Hello. Today I'm going to introduce you to one of the subtle heroes in my life who might have something to teach us about carrying ourselves with confidence. Plus, we did it, we're open, and I want to tell you about the grand opening. This is Zach Martinucci, and you're listening to Against the Grain. By subtle hero, I guess you could say unsung, although I do tell this story a lot. I more mean that I don't think Peggy, who I'm going to tell you about, realizes the impact of our relationship or these little moments would have on me. When I first lived in Bologna, Italy, as a university exchange student from UCLA at the University of Bologna, we were greeted in our first week by our small but mighty team of academic advisors. That's what I guess the university would call them, anyway, but they were our entire support system, our cheerleaders, our city guides, our street-smart local friends, and sometimes our family. I collected stories about Peggy, our aunt, so to speak, and academic counselor at the study center. Peggy is ambiguously 60-some-odd years old. She grew up in Milan and somewhere on the East Coast, and also Berkeley, I believe that she's Irish-American, at least in that she has auburn hair and freckles and doesn't look all that Italian. Although now she's lived in the country for decades with her Italian husband and Italian-born daughter. I've always thought of her as the definition of the Italian word perspicace, which means perspicacious, but I've never used that word in English. We use it to mean clever, wise, intuitive and discerning, witty, sometimes even lively in a full-of-something-special kind of way. Some examples. At our orientation, Peggy demonstrated how to fake a coughing fit to make an exit out of a class you're not interested in. Weeks later, she talked me and some friends through on the phone when we called the 24-7 emergency line, which is Peggy's cell phone, after being abandoned on the side of the road by our Airbnb host, who was in hysterics over his recently murdered chihuahua. It was all mostly a misunderstanding, and Peggy was there to keep us calm. One day, she brought in lollipops to help teach us the Bolognese slang term sochmel, which translates to, well, I won't tell you the translation, but it means to say, bummer, that sucks for me, like if you miss the bus, as Peggy said, repeating the word sochmel and suggestively licking a lollipop. And in my favorite moment, the one that stuck with me, this interaction we had at a happy hour, I think it was some kind of film screening event. As I remember it, I was talking with Peggy and some other students and some Italians. One Italian man in particular asks Peggy where she's from. Well, he doesn't ask that. He more or less says, so what are you? And it was harmless enough, just in that he was trying to figure out why she has auburn hair and freckles and yet speaks Italian with a native accent. So then what are you? Peggy responds with a little smile and says, it's a little difficult to tell, isn't it? That was the end of that question. It communicated, hey, that's not really relevant right now, and I think maybe suggested that his question could even be inappropriate, and that he wasn't asking because he wanted to get to know Peggy, he was just trying to figure out the situation for himself. We all do that, all the time. Our brains like to categorize and understand things, but it can be easy to put people in boxes that way too. I love that line, it's a little difficult to tell, isn't it? Especially said with Peggy's confidence, and I love the isn't it. I told myself I'd work up the confidence to use that line someday. The, so what are you, question, when people are trying to figure me out, almost always comes back to, how old are you? 
And so my age, especially as a young entrepreneur in a new city, is one of the things about which I'm always on guard, even a little insecure. I'm young for a lot of things I'm doing, and was often the youngest one in the room in a lot of things I did growing up, too. And I hate to be taken as inexperienced. I don't mind having less experience, and knowing that I'll have to be open to learning and making even more mistakes than some of my peers. But I don't want to be dismissed for my age. When I teach cooking classes, particularly date night pasta classes, I'm always the youngest one in the room. And over the course of our three hours of cooking and storytelling, I can almost always feel the point where I win the class over. You know, they might be skeptical at first. Who is this person teaching us about how to make pasta? Why did my significant other sign us up for this class? What is there to learn about pasta? And from this kid that calls himself an aspiring Italian grandmother, I get it. And often about two hours in, I feel something change when everyone has fully bought into the experience. And I feel like I could tell them anything and they'd eat it up. And if they ask how old I am then, as they often do at the end, they tend to be impressed, if I may say so, with this experience we've just shared together. Well, one night, one of our couples was a young woman and her mother, and the mom, Sandra, was quite nosy as she went around the table trying to get everyone's stories out of the group. We had fun with it, really. She wasn't rude, just trying to figure everything out and get some conversation going. And when it came to me, I knew it was still too early and I hadn't won everyone over. And Sandra says, so Zach, how old are you? And I looked up from the onion I was chopping and said, it's a little difficult to tell, isn't it? And went right back to chopping that onion. I kept a straight face, but I don't know how, because I remember being so giddy that I actually pulled out Peggy's line. And I was in my head saying, stand by it, don't take it back, don't take it back, because I wanted to, and I didn't. I communicated the, hey, that's not really relevant right now, I'll tell you later. Even if it were an honest question, and in Sandra's case, I think she liked me even a little bit more after that for kind of standing up to her. And I forgot to tell them later. I was so proud of that moment for a long time. When I tell that story to friends, I always say, please take that line. If it can help you, please use it. And truth be told, I only used it that once. Although I always think about whether I'm going to use the line or say, I'm 23. That's my age, by the way. That's why I'm often the youngest one in the room. And I know that it might come as a surprise. It's like this secret I walk in with. I'm good at keeping track of who knows how old I am and who doesn't. I like to spin my experiences that happened kind of all together, like college and baking school in Italy, a little ambiguously as if they could have happened over many years. I know that I'm doing that, and that I've done that here with you all. I wanted to get to that point where, maybe, I'd win you over and age wouldn't matter so much anymore. I don't like secrets, though. If you were to ask my age, sometimes I say it's a little difficult to tell, and sometimes I say 23 years old. It comes down to whether I think you care about my story, or if you're looking to figure me out and move along, or even pass a judgment based on me being young. Here's why I keep both answers ready. On the one hand, I don't think it's always relevant. In the same way that your gender, skin color, sexual orientation, what have you, shouldn't determine whether or not you're qualified to open your bakery. Experience, of course, comes into question here, but I think that's a separate conversation about me and what I've done and my team of business partners. On the other hand, I don't want to hide behind Peggy's line. I don't think that's how she intended it. I think it's a nice security to have if you want to confidently deflect the question, but not meant to hold on to something like a secret. 
in the right moments even, I think the truth, or maybe just the full answer here, goes a lot further and is the best answer you can give. Keeping both options allows you to find empowerment in telling your own story the way that you intend to, however those details fit in. Again, story in our context can literally be a piece of art or writing you're working on, or any project, or an identity you're expressing. You may notice the contradiction here, and that it's empowering both to hide and to show these vulnerable details, but that's your choice, and there's power in that. Today I wanted to come out with my age, for lack of a better term, because it was kind of the theme at our grand opening celebration with friends and family. Everyone went around the table saying nice things about me and my business partner, nearly all coming back to the theme that we were doing something incredible for being 23 years old. Only 23 kept getting repeated, and I know there were some friends in the room that didn't know how old or young I am, but as worried as I was about it, it didn't seem to matter there. Having revealed my age so many times now, I find it was rarely that big of a deal, and I don't know if that thing about winning people over was real either. I think it's one of those those that mind don't matter and those that matter don't mind situations. Most people just went with it, even if they were surprised. I'm hoping you'll do the same. We all carry something that we don't like sharing or worry what other people might think. I'm trying to let mine go, or at least be a little more open with it, because being 23 and opening a bakery go hand in hand in my story. It's not like one of those things is right and the other is wrong. Both are equally significant in what's going on here, and that's just the way things are. And I don't think it has all that much to do with why people are becoming interested in what we're doing. This whole thing reminds me of when in Westworld, when the human guests are trying to figure out if the impeccably lifelike robot hosts, to put it simply, are real. Or just, what are they? And one response is, if you can't tell, does it matter? In this show, that line is in the context of questioning the nature of our reality. But hey, it's kind of the same here. There are a lot of details and perspectives that make up our story. Some show across our faces, and others are a little difficult to tell. And I think what we make of it, deciding if it really matters, is up to you. Wow, what a whirlwind last week was. I was ready and mostly prepared, actually. We baked more bread and pastries than ever in the history of Rebel Bread in our tiny pizza oven. I got a bunch of texts from friends that morning, Sunday morning, saying, we know you're stressed, but enjoy it. You only get one grand opening. And I'm looking at Liz, the other baker in that morning, asking, are we having fun yet, Liz? This is supposed to be fun. It was a stressful few hours getting started, but eventually it was fun. I taught three bagel-making workshops, which was a mistake in retrospect. That's a lot of back-to-back workshops, but it was worth it. We started with this demo in which we used the bagel or baguette dough, really, because all of our bagels are made out of baguette dough, to explain the whole bread process, just how bread works from pre-ferments and scaling to proofing and baking. Then there was some hands-on time teaching people how to roll the dough and shape the bagels, and finishing with everyone putting toppings on their bagels, labeling the parchment paper like we do in baking school so they'd get to find and eat their exact bagel afterwards, and then turning it over to us to do the baking. After teaching this course three times in two days, 
We figured out what worked and what didn't, and as an improvement, I'm pleased to say the next time we offer this workshop, it will be bagel making and beer. That's one hour of bagel making and learning about bread. And then when the bagels go in the oven, everyone gets to walk over to our neighborhood brewery for a beer, and we'll bring the bagels over to enjoy once they're finished. If you're in Denver and you missed out on the workshop, we're offering a similar event next Friday evening, November 2nd. Our interactive dinner is back. That's part cooking class, part dinner party, all with new and old foodie friends. We're making tigere again, a bolognese favorite. It's a flatbread biscuit deal that we'll make together and then eat with boards of local charcuterie and cheese. There's a link in the Rebel Bread Instagram bio for tickets. I was so pleased and grateful for all of the friends and family that visited over this last opening weekend. My mom and dad came in from San Francisco for the first time since I'd moved to Denver. They came to see the opening, as well as four of my closest friends from college. Uh, And a big thank you there to Kevin, who said over a year ago, before I was even thinking of doing this, that one day when I opened a bakery, he'd be at the grand opening. And he was. So thank you for coming and for rallying all the friends that made it and just being the team mom we've always known and loved you to be. I feel like nearly every person I've met in the year since I lived in Denver came out at some point over the weekend, which was just so cool. Talk about the community we've apparently been building. And we got to celebrate with a happy hour afterwards with some of those folks. And a note on the community I've been building without realizing it. I guess you could say I've been aggressively networking for a year now, but I never thought about it as that. I was just going around town having coffee and making friends. And now those friends take cooking classes, they buy pastries, we go out for beer together, we support each other's ventures and small businesses, and we introduce each other to other friends. The point is, even the business friends in my life share these multifaceted relationships. And that's really cool to feel so connected in so many ways. It was Peggy who, on the first day of our intensive language program, said, There is no textbook. The city is your textbook, and the textbook is your city. It was a logistical note, and we did learn a lot about the history of Bologna, sure, but I am now realizing that she wasn't just talking about Bologna. Engaging with Denver, going outside and meeting new people, and learning what goes on here, only to have those same people all show up on grand opening weekend, has made me realize that Denver, too, is my textbook, and I have so much to learn by being here, and great things come from exploring it. I hope you go outside this week, and that something great comes from it. I'll talk to you next Sunday. This song was Sunday Afternoon by True Loves on Free Music Archive.